0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Talk
2: Recorded live.
1: And it's another great day to be alive. And today we're going to talk about uh, how to combat some of the monetary and fiscal policies that are happening in the good old U.S. United States of America, and actually happening around the world. Uh, I'm going to briefly mute. You guys, so that uh, in case there's any noise in the background, it won't get won't hinder the recording. So hang in there a little bit. All righty. So um, we were talking about this last Thursday about how you know with negative interest rates, I mean the financial world is turned upside down. I mean, which means the world is t- turned upside down. When the financial world is turned upside down, then the whole world is, is changed. Um, and it may not be, you know, I look outside and I don't see people doing anything differently right now. It's not like they are all of a sudden, you know, jumping out of windows or, or running down the street screaming or marching on Washington. I doubt they'll have a wa- march on Washington for what's occurred which is unfortunate that that's probably not going to ever happen in this regard. But, you know, what has happened is we have de facto now negative interest rates, and negative interest rates reward borrowers and punish savers. And some of those savers are grandmothers, grandfathers. Some of them are people that were saving up to start a business. Are saving up, saving up to put their kids in college. Now people are saying, you know, the country's saying, well, go out and get, go get, you know, working on your credit, get good credit, borrow for your college, for your kids' college, and, um, you know, you'll have negative interest rates, so you'll actually pay back less than you borrow. How in the world can something as insane in the, as that work? work eventually that has to crash i haven't thought through and figured out all of the implications of what this will cause there are those who have who are working on it who are thinking through what the issues are there what the problems are but it's lowering it's trying to lower things bring things down solo to force people to spend really it's a it's that kind of an issue and Once again, when you have force, you don't have a free market. When you have force in a governmental system, rather than defense, rather than protection, when you're trying to force people to do something, force them to, okay, I'm going to force you to give money to your next door neighbor. I'm going to force you to pay for people who are less fortunate, whatever that means, rather than allow you to give to people who are less fortunate. I just thought of another great um, assassination that occurs when that occurs. It assassinates the goodness and character of people when you force them, quote-unquote, to do good. And good by whose standard? It's only good by the standard of the person who thinks they know more than you do. I mean... First of all, the standard for good is God, period. And then from there, it goes out to people. It's not some arbitrary dictator or arbitrary leader or arbitrary hotshot who's the one who should determine what's good, and then by that extending to what's good for the collective. You know, what's good for everyone? I'm going to decide what's good for everyone. I'm going to decide what the market should do, how the market should allocate rewards and punishments, winners and losers. This is not the job of government. The job of government should be to provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and ensure the blessings of liberty. I mean, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those who want to pursue can pursue, knowing that they're protected to do so, and you work out whatever deal you want. So when when we have government involved in the market, which we see here, the heavy hand of government. I remember it was um, – um, I'm going to instruct my lovely wife. Could you finish? put the rest of the coffee in that and nuke it for 44 seconds, please? Thank you. Um, when the heavy hand of government gets involved, which the mayor of New York, Mayor de Blasio, said that, uh, that he was going to use the heavy hand of government in New York. You know, people were shocked hearing him say that. But that is the approach of those who are not interested in free markets, who are not interested in capitalism. And so when you say to someone, holding capital, I'm going to charge you to hold capital, that's negative interest rate. We're going to find ways to charge you, to penalize you. It costs you to accumulate capital. Well, then you don't have capitalism. In all industry for production, two things are needed. One, you need workers. You need laborers. You've got to have it. Two, you need capital, stored money. And both those who supply the stored money and those who supply the labor should both share in the fruits of production. They should share in the fruits of production. Now, you know, when you think about it, the entrepreneur many times is in the middle. The entrepreneur many times is the one who starts it and who secures capital and then who hires labor. And that person in a free society gets to decide how he or she will allocate that. I have something over here. It's fine. How he or she will... Allocate the capital and share the profits. Whether those profits are seen in increased salaries, whether those profits are seen in increased benefits, it used to be health care, but something that companies provide as a benefit, as an incentive to induce someone to come to my company as opposed to someone else's company. By the way, even the healthcare system and businesses was a reaction to when the government froze Valerie, when they said, okay, no company can offer anyone anymore. I, it's almost unbelievable to think that there is a time in this country, but there was in this country, where companies had, when the government forced wage control. You couldn't charge more or pay more for wages. Think about that. You can't pay more. This guy, so when that happened, companies figured out another way. Okay, healthcare will give people perks, benefits. Healthcare being one of them. It was a response to the government's control. And then the government said, you know what, let's take that health care thing back under our control. Look at that, Evelyn. When you take it back under control, this is not about health care, but it's just an example. This, This particular talk is not about that. But when you take it back under control, you further reduce the incentives that companies have to induce laborers to work for their company as opposed to a different company. So on the one hand, we talk about we're going to force you to pay higher money to everyone. On the other hand, we're going to take away one of the benefits companies used to have to uh, induce people that were more qualified to work for them by offering them high-priced or or health insurance at all and then later higher-quality health insurance, the so-called Cadillac plans, which are now being taxed. Now the government says, well, you know, it's not fair that these Cadillacs, that these plans are, are given to people because the plans are not taxed. If we pay someone an extra five bucks an hour, then we get, then the, if the company pays them an extra five bucks an hour, then the government gets to tax that five bucks an hour. When it was given as a perk, when the health insurance, that five dollars an hour worth of health insurance, for example, was given as a benefit; it was not taxed. So that's why Cadillac plans now are being taxed because the government's trying to say, "Well, that's something that we could—we're um, not getting taxes on, and it is something—it is additional payment. So why are we not getting taxes on that? Well, you're not because you're the ones that changed that years ago. Business just responded to that, to the. The freeze in wages by coming up with other things that they could give to people. There will be, it appears, a constant battle between those who would control us, those who would take our freedoms because they want that control. Seems like there's a constant battle between the people and those who would control the people. And people say, well, big government business is in the same boat. Big business is in the same boat when it gets in cahoots with big government. Because as long as there's free competition, there will be other people who will come up with ideas that are better than the other ideas. And that will take the best and the brightest uh to work for them. I was looking at something, I don't know, where I would find that today, but I was looking at something that showed a chart of the top five companies in the NASDAQ uh, 10 years ago, or the last time the NASDAQ hit a high of 5,000 and beyond uh, the five companies that were the top and the five companies that are the top now. So, by the way, there's only one company that's still in the top five, that was in the top five the last time the NASDAQ hit 5,000. When was that? When that was 2000, right? Uh, 1999, 2000, right in that time frame, is when it hit that high number. One of the five, I don't remember them all, but one of the five companies, and I think number one at that time was um, Microsoft. Cisco was one of the five companies. Intel was one of the five companies at the top. That's three. Let me see who else might have been in there. Microsoft, Cisco, Intel, IBM, and one other one. Well, of those, none of those are in the top five except Microsoft. Now, Google's in the top five. Yeah. uh, um, And number one in the top five is Apple. Uh, I forget who number two is. I think it might be Facebook. No, Google. Then Facebook. Then it's Microsoft. Then it's Amazon. I think that's five. Let's see. Apple, Google, Facebook. Microsoft, Amazon. Yeah. Only one. So what happens? Things change. Different companies go up, companies go down. If there's competition, if there's free competition, if the government doesn't get involved, then there will be, in in a free market system, winners and losers. When Google gets too big for its britches, it'll go down and others will go up. So it's, you know, while Google tries to figure out other things it should do besides search, While it tries to control what happens in that marketplace, which is nuts, the things it's trying to do right now, it's acting like its own little government system. But in a free market, I can decide that I'm no longer going to use Google. I can decide that I'm going to come up with something that people will use more than Google. Google's spot in, in the world in the next 15 years may not be where it is Oh, where it was, it wasn't anywhere 15 years ago. So that's the free market. At any rate, the government is constantly thinking. And so when you say government, I guess we have to say, we the people keep electing people and giving them power so they can tell us what we ought to do. We need to be telling them what to do, and yet they're telling us and trying to control us. And we are giving them the power to do that. It's about time we stop. But what can we do in the meantime? Because mankind will suffer evils while evils are sufferable. Uh, I was reading the uh, Constitution, and in the Constitution, I got to find that line so I can give an exact quote. Of that, this is in the Declaration Declaration of Independence. That line about suffering evils while evils are sufferable. I didn't find it the other day when we were talking, but um, I think about this this situation that we're in today with negative interest rates where many people won't even know that that's happened. They won't even have any clue about, you know, that situation. Uh, Oh, where is... Ah, here we go. I found it. Yay. It says, here's the... the, uh, in the Declaration of Independence. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. And that's the situation today. mean there are some forms to which we are accustomed the banking system. You know, most people will just continue to use the banking system because they're accustomed to using the banking system. You know, when we say to people things like, hey, you're guaranteed to wait, lose your money in the bank. Now, we were saying that before. Now, it's an established fact. When the bank tells you, we're going to take X amount of dollars out of your account. not just You're not going to lose because of inflation. You're not going to lose because of our regular checking fees, and if you put enough in, we won't charge you those fees. That's changing to we are going to charge you a percentage of the money you have here on deposit. That is just now, you know not it's, it's tricky if you're a big company and you can move it all out by the end of the night and move it back in the next the following morning, but where are you moving it to? And where are you moving it from? I mean, if you take it out of the bank, where are you moving it to? Maybe you move it to your brokerage account. I don't know how they're going to, maybe that's going to be different. I'm not sure how that will be handled, moving it from, from your bank account into your brokerage account you know, overnight and back to your bank account in the morning to be able to use it. Maybe that's what will happen. But that's still the same thing, forcing people to put their money into a risk environment because when you're in your brokerage account, it's not all protected by the FDIC. There are other things that it's protected by, but uh, there are other agencies and, and then it depends on, you know, how solid is the organization that uh, the broker that you're dealing with. Are you dealing with Fidelity? Are you dealing with Goldman Sachs? Are you dealing with Morgan Stanley? Are you dealing with, you know, what brokerage, or are you dealing with eBay or not eBay, ETrade or, or um, oh, what are some of the others? Um, Ameritrade, TD Ameritrade, or you know where you. But that's the whole thing. Move it over to your brokerage account. They, this is what they're trying to force to force you to invest in companies to spend money. I don't have a problem with people spending money. I don't have a problem with people. Investing in companies, I don't have a problem with any of it. I have a problem with force. But force is not a free, in a free society, we don't force people to believe the way we want them to believe, to do the things we want them to do. In capitalism, it's a free market, which we've probably never seen in our lifetimes, or never really known a truly free market, but that is the essence of capitalism. Laissez faire capitalism. It's a free market. It's the, you know, I I deal with you if I want to. I don't if I don't want to. And it, it, you know what? I don't need a law to tell me I have to sell to homosexuals. This is where the insanity exists and the lack of understanding of a free market. You guys have probably heard of the situations going on in. Um, some of the states in Indiana, for, for example, where uh, someone decided they didn't want to provide flowers or cake or whatever it was for a homosexual marriage. They just didn't want to. They, their religious beliefs were such that they said, look, I would rather follow what I believe the Bible teaches than support you know, a homosexual uh, relationship in any way. Now, if people can debate whether or not the Bible teaches that you can't sell cake to a homosexual or you can't sell cake to two homosexuals getting married, I don't believe the Bible says that anywhere. It says you shouldn't be a homosexual. It doesn't say you can't sell cake or chicken or popcorn or whatever you want. But if that's the stand you choose to take, for whatever reason, you should have the freedom to say, hey, I don't want to sell to you. For whatever reason, pick a reason. I don't like your reason. Well, okay, pick a different reason. I don't want to sell tea. I don't like you. I don't want to sell tea. So here's what happens. He will go. We'll see. Now that can happen to blacks, where well, people don't want to sell to blacks, and so therefore, or the African Americans, or whatever you want to call people of color, or uh, well, people don't want to sell to Jews, or people don't want to sell to to women, or people don't want to sell to whatever. Pick a category. Well, in a free market, what do you have? You have someone that says, wow, there's a whole group of people that these guys don't want to sell to. I'm going to put a sign on my on my flower shop that says, homosexual weddings welcome. <laughs> you know? Or if they want to use the term that homosexuals would prefer to be called, I guess. Gay wedding. Gay wedding. Uh, but um, we love gay weddings or whatever. Get your gay cake here. Get your gay flowers here. You know, in a free market, somebody starts making tons of money selling to that particular group. So, and and um, you know, they were saying the same thing about slavery in America. I read something fascinating the other day. Um, where was this? We were looking up. Uh, oh, we were looking up the origin of the state of Virginia. Here's what I found: Virginia, which started in 1600, so it was founded as a colony in 1600. it wasn't the state of Virginia, but this colony, colony later became the state of Virginia. So Virginia has been around for over 400 years. I think it was 1609, something like that. Over 400 years Virginia has been around. And so for some of those years, after the original pioneers came and started it, they wanted people to come and work. Those who had the money to make the the voyage and to acquire land or who were given the rights to land by the king of England or the queen, in other words, by royalty, it was considered an English land holding, so they had to get authority from the king or queen, and came to America and started their uh, colony of Virginia, started working and building and setting up businesses and all that kind of stuff. And then when it came time that, hey, we need some folks to work here, well, they had what were called indentured servants. Indentured servants would come over from England and they were paid nothing. I mean they were slaves, they were indentured, they were slaves labor. These were not black people, these were not from Africa, these were from England. And they came over and worked the fields, the tobacco primarily, and uh, whatever else was growing there, because things were primarily agricultural. So they came over and worked. But what what people got excited about is these indentured servants after coming to the new world and working for seven years, if they survive that long, (laughs) could end up marrying wealthy people and marrying other people and owning their own land and having their own homes and having their own businesses and having the ability to run their own lives, to move up in their status, something that was not available in England. In England, you couldn't do it. You're born in a certain class, you stayed there. If you weren't born a nobleman, you didn't become one. If you weren't born, you know, and knighted, in the military was one way you could get there if you could become knighted, but you even had to start off really low before that was even available. You know, there were knights and then there were the, I forget what they were called, pawns, I don't know, whatever they were, but they were those that served the, the knights. So, It was a caste system, a class system. You couldn't move up. It it was, maybe if you got the favor of the king, then you could move up. So people were always looking to be courtiers, courtiers or courtiers, which they could be in the court and get the favor of the king, you know, by influence, like we see with those who would be king and queen of, of America, Bill and Hillary Clinton. You know, give us some money. You court our favor, and then we'll give you a contract, and you can move up well that didn't ha- that wasn't what happened in Virginia, and so when some discovered that they could get slaves from Africa, this is something that's very interesting it, uh if you got a slave from Africa, that person you had to take care of for life. so the Virginians found it was cheaper to work with the indentured servants. So they, would, they preferred white indentured servants as slaves to, for a period of time to Africans that they had to take care of for life. And one of the reasons is because people, when they came to the New World, the average amount of time they would live after coming to the New World was seven years. If you lived longer than seven years, it was an exception. Because, you know, you didn't know what kind of bugs there were that could bite you and kill you, what kind of snakes would bite you and kill you. Imagine being the first 50 people bit by a cottonmouth, not knowing what would happen and going, huh, wonder what's going to happen. Then you croak. So people then write down, okay, if you see snake like that, do not allow it to bite you. <laughs> you know? Or before they figured out how to deal with, how to, you know, Come up with antidotes and all this kind of stuff. You know, you're the first 500 people that get stung by, that put your hand in a honeycomb and get bit by a bunch of bees, and you go, oh, "I wonder what's going to happen." <laughs> you croak, or all the other dangers of very cold nights, the the very hot days, the malaria, and all the other diseases. So, average seven years. So what happened is uh, a lot of things happen in this. Economic situation. Once people started living, lo- and I'm, I'm jumbling some of the facts, so you'll have to look it up yourself. But it was economics, first of all, that caused indentured servants to be more desirable than slaves. And then later, as everyone started living longer, and people realized, okay, I can buy a slave, and they'll last longer than seven years, they'll last for a lot of years, and my actual cost of ownership goes down. They started to want slaves more. It was economics. It had nothing to do with we hate black people or Africans, so let's enslave them. It had everything to do with economics. A free market. So people could say, Well, free markets, slave people. Free markets also free people. Now in the situation It's not that there are people that will not serve black people. There are some cities and areas of the country today where they'll figure out a reason why they either won't serve you or serve you so poorly you never want to go back. So in effect, they accomplish the same goal. But those aren't the biggest, most profitable, most powerful companies in the country. Because in the free market, if you don't serve a group of people, somebody else will. If you don't give them their proper, somebody else will. It's just the beauty of the free market, which somehow, you know, we've allowed ourselves to think is bad in this country. Well, now in another strike against the free market, negative interest rates. Let's force people to spend whether they want to or not. If they're holding on to capital, if they're holding on to currency, let's force them to get rid of it because, first of all, if they move it out, we can tax it. As long as it's moving, we can tax it. If they're holding it and, quote, unquote, quote, hoarding it, they're going to call people that save money cash hoarders. they are already doing it. They've already done it. So what can we do about it? And that's what what I want to roll to today. I don't want to spend more much more time on that. You can look it up. Negative interest rates. You can research more on it and, and find out what J.P. Morgan Chase just did. And you'll find the other bank will be following right behind. And it'll trickle all the way down to every depositor. Every depositor will have to pay for the privilege of a bank keeping your money. It's better like someone said, keep it in a mattress. You know, which will, so so there'll be those that say, oh, but look how convenient it is if I can just, you know, swipe a card and electronically move money around. And that's true. That's very convenient. Swiping a card, uh, tapping a phone, a cell phone. It used to be, you know, writing a check became very convenient. But all these forms that give you the freedom of determining when you want to do something and when you don't are anathema. To those who want to control your life, so in the in the under the guise of fairness, so they can make it fair for everyone by controlling you. What do we do? Well, for one, I'm not saying we can remove ourselves completely from electronic money. I imagine we could, but that might be a very strange existence indeed. And especially when we find that there are some institutions even contrary to U.S. law, to what's literally written on the dollar bill, which, where it says for all debts public and private. So if you have a debt, you have to be able to pay with U.S. dollars. And yet, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, I've been seeing this, James, since you brought it up about that individual who went in to pay their mortgage with money and was told we can't take your money. I've seen online quite a few ads where it's talked about, you know, anger your bank, kick off your bank, and it shows a picture of piles of money being, you know, of actual physical dollars being uh, laid on the the counter of a bank. You know, of course, some people have done it with pennies just to really say, here you go, here's your doggone money. And some of those people who have paid with pennies have been fined. Now, penny or no penny, it's legal tender. So if I, if I owed $100,000 on my home, I have the legal right to pay in pennies, to roll, you know, uh, uh, suitcases full of pennies or vats or containers full of pennies up to the bank and say, here you go, here's your money. And really, they have to take it. And yet, there have been people fined. I've read somewhere, someone was put in jail because they paid with cash. So you know that it's insane. So to say that we can just forget about electronic payments entirely, we may find that we are unnecessarily inconvenient if we force that issue. Uh, maybe it's a good idea. Maybe a thousand people should get together and say, Look, we're gonna pay with cash or change what's on the dollar bill, your choice. You know, change what's written on there. We're all legal tender for all debts, public and private. We have a debt we're paying it with dollar bills, $100 bills or whatever. Um, of course, that means that you'll be able to get those dollar bills or $100 bills, which is another issue. It was a shocking day when I learned that banks weren't holding massive amounts of money. I remember making a lot of money on some deal, and I went to deposit it, in the bank, and so I deposited, I don't know, 15 grand one day uh, in cash, and I came back two days later, I wanted to take $5,000 in cash out, and they said, I'm sorry, Mr. Sheriff, we don't have that much in cash. We can give you $1,000 in cash and uh, a $4,000 money order or $4,000 bank uh, check. I said, what? I mean, it was just shocking. Uh, Everyone now understands this, I think. But to me, it was shocking at that time because I thought the banks were holding all the cash and I could put it in and I could take it out, and I find that that's not the case. You know it's not the case today. You want to go take thousands of dollars out in cash, not only will they tell you we don't have that, but if you go on a day when they do have it for payroll reasons, you'll be followed around by, you know, they'll have a drone following you (laughs) to see what you do with that cash. Where you take that cash. With Bitcoin transactions, I learned from Lee. He's not allowed to make more than a thousand dollar transaction per day per person. Over that is illegal. Or he has to have special license. Now think about that. He can't make more than a thousand dollar a day transaction with any one individual. Or they'll accuse them of money laundering or drug dealing or well. Actually, they can just they can arrest you and seize your money until they sort out whether you're a drug dealer or not. And they'll say, "Well, you're in violation of of the um, oh, I forget what it is uh, financial crimes enforcement." So F. P. I forget what the acronym is, but that's what it stands for financial crimes. F-I-N... Or ten cents. Ten cents. Financial crimes and Fincen. Ten cents. Um, So, anyway. So what can we do? Well, one, we still got to have some electronics. Two, we ought to hold on to some actual physical cash currency. Not electronic, but actual cash. Three, we're going to need to have stuff. We're going to need and want have actual things that are worth something as a thing. The electrons are only worth something as a currency that gets transferred. The electrons on your computer screen and on my phone are not worth anything. You know, it's to say, hey, would you like my electrons for that tomato? Well, the only way that works is if I have somewhere to put those electrons that show up as $1.00. This means some other financial institution. So the other way is I could say, hey, here's a $1 bill for that tomato. Okay, well, that's another way of doing it, a dollar bill for a tomato. But if I get to the point that I don't want to accept your dollars or someone doesn't want to accept my paper because the paper if you're hungry your dollar bill won't feed you I guess you could eat it it would make your stomach feel fuller but I don't think there's much nutrition (laughs) even if you wash all the wash it from all the bacteria it would have from transferring from hand to hand (laughs) even if you washed it and then made a nice like uh, what would you do with it Evelyn? Like uh, spinach. Make a nice uh, garlic dollar bill uh, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, once you've got the green ink off, all you really have is you're eating paper. And if you're going to eat paper, it's probably cheaper just to eat some notebook paper. Right? It's not food, in other words. In and of itself, it has no actual intrinsic value. You know what, you guys? i thinking about it. All the arguments about Bitcoin and its intrinsic value are about the same as the arguments of the intrinsic value of uh, a dollar bill and are about the same, think about it now, Evelyn. are about the same as the intrinsic value of gold. And the intrinsic value of silver. Gold and silver are good as mediums of exchange. But you can't eat gold. You can't eat silver. You can, but your body doesn't use it as a nutrient. Your body uses it as something that it, it is an antibacterial that will take suck bacteria out of your system and stuff like that. It's good for that. And gold, of course. Uh, doesn't hold bacteria, so it's good for things that you eat with or drink from. But other than that, its only value is its desirable nature. But if you need to, the real things come down to food, things that come out of the ground and are eaten primarily, because if you're going to survive, you got to have food, you got to have water, you got to have air. When well, we really thinking about it. I'm thinking about it now, you know. Um, those are the big things. you got to have lots of air. Cause you can't go for for seconds, really. The, the average person can't go for for uh, very long without air. For most people, it's just seconds. For some people, I guess it's two minutes, and, and then you lose consciousness and die. Um, actually, I don't know exactly how long. <laughs> And I guess I don't want to find out. Um, water, what is it? Three days without any water at all. Uh, some people have gone longer. Some people have gone less than that. Your, your blood gets thick, It coagulates and it won't flow and you die. And then food, you can go 40 days, and, you know, 40 nights. Most people would never last that long without food. Um, but at Technically, at 40 days and 40 nights, your body starts to feed upon itself. But many people, missionaries and others, that think they need their fasting for the Lord, die fasting for a long period of time. So, if we're going to have stuff, high in the category would be air, water, and food. <laughs> Those would be really high up there. And, of course, we have to have a place to stay. We've got to have clothes. We want to have transportation. And a lot more of the things start to become wants more than needs at that point. And so what we've talked about is compiling a list of wants and needs. The next thing would be a list of have. Have is the things you have to offer. And the final thing would be a list of people. Now, where am I going with this? Well, we need to be able to exchange goods and services for other goods and services without the use of cash. And what's difficult for most people is the sales aspect of that. They think, hey, I'm not a salesman. You know, I couldn't sell anything. So I'm not going to be able to do anything like that because I'm not a salesman. I can't sell anything. But in our day and time where social media is such a big deal, we can use social media or a social media style approach or a network marketing type of approach. Um, network marketing, not so much meaning multi-level marketing, though that could apply in a later time, but just using a network to expand our reach of the things we have in exchange for the things we want, and to get the things we want in exchange for the things we have by using a network. And I have a plan in mind, a concept in mind that I don't know what we want to call it yet. I don't really have. Oh, I think it's you. GAP, because we have a company named GAP, G-A-A-P, which appropriately stands for Global Accounting and Auditing Professionals. But we talked about, Evelyn and I talked about, close the gap between what you want and what you have. Close the gap between what you want and what you have, or what you need and what you have. Um, Close the gap. How do we do it? So... Three things I think uh, are in that category are, are, are uh, needed to make this work without having any real sales kills. Number one, list your want. List your want. These are things that you want. And as I was listing one of the things that I want, which is a Rolls-Royce Ghost Series 2 extended wheelbase, which is a very expensive car, I realize that some people will look at that and just go, oh, gee, you know, that's I don't know anybody with that bad or want to do a deal with that. But I think we can't be afraid of listing what we want. Uh, I also realize that there are some people in your network that, you may not be able to give them a list of everything you want because they won't be able to, to uh, go there with you if that's something you want. You know, they'll think that somehow you don't deserve it or you couldn't have that because they could never have it. And what you want has nothing to do with what I want. And number two, what you want, I have no, um, should have, no thought of whether or not you can get it. It's just something you want. It has nothing to do with what I want. So, except that people start looking at, well, if he he wants that, I want that too. And there's nothing wrong with someone else wanting it too. (laughs) But I thought about that first part, and and there may be some, you know, depending on who we're giving the list to, certain things, like those I'm talking to right now, currently, at this time, mentioning that I want that, and I want a home on the ocean, uh a quaint house on the ocean, four bedroom, two and a half to three baths. Some people will go, Oh yeah, right, that's in your area that could be five, six, seven, ten, twenty four million dollars. Yeah, how would you ever and, and so then they poo poo it and think, oh, you know, you're not being serious about what you want. Look, there's nothing there's no one to tell you what you want but you. Now, getting your need and want parallel is a whole other issue. You know, if you need a house and you want a house, where that house is and all the other stuff is that's between you, really, and God. But this list is about what you want, and it's, it's just writing it down. And there's, there's something very liberating about just writing down a list of everything you want. Everything, without qualifying it. First you do it without qualifying it. Then you might go back to the list and scratch out some things, or especially things you're going to give to other people that are really crazy, you know, or illegal. <laughs> I want to go to Colorado and, and smoke pot for a month. Well, you might want to leave that off your list. Um, but you might have it on your personal list just might not have it on the list to give out to everybody, okay? So that's, those are just some things to think about, one, those one. But, so first of all, a list of what you want. Second of all is a list of halves of what you have. And uh, I wrote down some things to help people that think they don't have anything. Um, because they do. And number one, time you have time? If, if you have time, then you have something you could exchange. Because with all the things that Evelyn and I, for example, have to do, and James, that's the things for you, have to do, one of the things we could all use more of is time. So someone says, well, I have time. I don't really have anything else, but I got time. All right, great. Here's what I'd like for you to do. Come over and mow my lawn. I don't have any equipment. I have the equipment. You have the time. Come on over and mow my lawn for me. See, that's an example of someone utilizing their time in exchange for something else they want. Got it? Because so you got to have something, <laughs> and maybe time is what someone has. Skills. Someone has skills. They have the ability to... Make a painting or write a program or or uh, landscape or whatever. I don't have to go into a lot of detail, but skills. They can exchange skills for what they want. Money. Someone may have either digital or, you know, well, one kind of digital currency or another. I should include that. Currency. They have options. They have real estate coin. They have cash. They have some other kind of currency, so that's another thing that could be utilized, um, you know, in exchange for what they want. We all understand that one already, but but it may be that they want to be a part of the network and they don't have anything that they can offer but cash. That's fine. The next thing is, what I have on the list is stuff. They have a, a library full of books. I happen to have, they have boxes of clothing, they have, um, I don't know, free-owned furniture, they have, uh, we're we're even finding today, you guys, that people are willing to buy your clothes and your cloth, this is where it's come to, there was a time years ago where people in part, part of their wealth was their clothing. Clothing used to be considered wealth, very seriously used to be considered wealth. Well, we're coming back to that, where there are apps now, and it's not just one. I think when we were looking this up, we had all those T-shirts, we still have some. We had a whole lot we wanted to sell. There were these. there were companies online where you just take a picture of your clothes, and they would Or you could even just box it and send it to them, and they would look at it, give you credit for your clothes that you've either used to buy other clothes, or at a discount, they'd send you a check. Now, it took a little time to do it, but there's even more of them now. One of those companies like that, I think I was reading about this, Evelyn, it's called a unicorn. Unicorns are private companies, tech companies that are worth a billion dollars. There's a there are companies that are doing it. That T-shirt company i is in that category. Remember I told you about T, whatever it was, uh, which I don't think you've been to yet, com. You can design a T-shirt. They'll make the T-shirt for you. And then you put it up for sale on their site. And someone, if anyone buys the t T-shirt, you get a cut, they get a cut. And you don't have to put other dots. Anyway, I came across that because I thought they were allowing you to sell T-shirts, but but there are other companies. So uh, you might have stuff. I didn't put this in the in in there. I guess this could be under skills or under time, but you could broker between two individuals. You don't have to have anything. But well, this would fit in the category of time because right now. There are places where you could buy traffic and turn around and sell it. You know, buy it for whatever, half a penny and sell it for a penny. Uh, So, and you could tie it up. You could tie up the deal or you could just find where you can buy it cheap, sell it for the higher price, use the money that someone uses to buy from you and then turn around and use that money to buy from the other person and make the profit in between. So, Really, now that could be done anytime. That's always available for people to do that. But and the last thing I have is connections slash influence. Um, I keep going back to the Clintons, <laughs> but people maybe they didn't have the connections or influence. Uh, or, you know, the Clintons at one point maybe didn't have the money, didn't have. Stuff, didn't have all this stuff, but they had connections and influence. So they traded connections and influence, apparently, for money. And so now they have money and connections and influence and stuff and a big foundation. So you can do the same thing, and I can do the same thing. So in your have category, maybe you don't have a lot of stuff, but you have a an uncle who runs something, who would, in exchange for whatever, do something for you, or who would just do it because he's your uncle or he's your aunt? Maybe he doesn't have money. Maybe he or she doesn't have any other stuff, but they uh, they run a they are, um, manager of a movie theater <laughs> and could you know you could call them say hey I got a buddy who wants to bring you know a few people into the movie theater can you let them in. And I'll take care of you later on. So influence those are the things you could put in the have column things that you have. Well what, what we have talked about is that we have a click currency, click credit and of course James, you have real estate coin uh, and troption, do not have Troption and real estate coin That's what I have to do. Um, that we could take and we could exchange for anything. See, why not, and, and, and in our case, once we end up, I got to put this down, a warehouse, we need storage. We need a serious warehouse that we can have an exchange. And we need a, the kind of deal where we have it for a year, not where we have it for month to month and it just keeps adding up and paying crazy amounts of money. But we could use um, a storage place that we have for a whole year, lots of room, where we can we have room to put stuff in the wheel and deal so that we could trade our traffic or our attractions or real estate coin for anything. So here's what I'm saying. Someone says, well, I have time, but you know, I don't know if anybody wants that. Well, you could say to them, hey, I'll go ahead and buy some of that time right now in exchange for trust. Or I'll buy some of that time right now in exchange for um click credit. You know, I'll give you clicks. I'll give you a. will put those in credit. Excuse me. Out of my eye there. Um like there could be a click credits coin. But that coin is just for click credit. That's one way we can help to facilitate this for with people who say, Well, I have time and, and no one seems to want my time. Well I'll take your time and I'll give you something in exchange so you can start to participate in the system. I'm thinking of a neighbor. I not I haven't seen this person in a while, but I'm thinking of selling we were selling T shirts and uh on the we had some on the front porch we were just selling them just to have something for my mom to do make a little extra money when my mom was visiting and so he said oh no i just don't have anything i said well come on over and look at t-shirt let's figure out something we can trade for i don't have anything to trade and we just didn't have time to pursue right then going over and talking to him but i could say to him yeah you got time I'll trade, you to, I'll trade your time for these click credits, and you can use these click credits to buy T-shirts. You can use these click credits to buy whatever else, anything that someone's willing to accept click credits for. So you can use your time. You can start to be productive instead of not being productive. Anyway, and the final thing is People. A list of people. So, number one, a list of wants. Number two, a list of haves. Number three, a list of people. Here's the requirement in almost all network marketing endeavors. They want you to get a list of people that you can talk to that are in your warm market. Because there is a concept called six degrees of separation. We used to call it a was it six degrees from Kevin Bacon? (laughs) That you're only six degrees from uh, Kevin Bacon? I applied this in going public. The first time I went public. uh, I talked to someone and said, I want to go public. And he says, okay, well, I know some people. So he introduced me to someone. That person didn't do it. That person introduced me to someone else, introduced me to someone else. I think it was the seventh person. I used to have this written down, and it's been a long time. But I do remember the situation. Um, It was Mike Bongiovanni who introduced me to um, Doug. What was Doug's last name, Evelyn? Doug and Audrey Morgan. Doug Morgan. Who introduced me to Doug Morgan. Who introduced me to, oh, let's see. I just don't remember all the people now. But it was either six or seven, in this case, people away from me was the person that said, hey, I know people who have a public company and would want to do a deal. And sure enough, that's how it happened. It wasn't from sending out a million anything. It was from talking to – now, it didn't happen overnight. I talked to more than seven people total. This particular string of people from this one to that one to that one to that one. That one got me to the to the person that had a public company and they eventually were the ones that I worked with. So people, a list of people. And here's how you approach them. So before we come up with uh, let's let's say we do use gap. Hi, Jim. It's it's Garland, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Listen. I've got involved with a company, you know, or we've put together a company, or I'm a part of a company. That would be fantastic. I'm a part of a company that helps people get what they want in exchange for what they have. So what I'd like for you to do is give me a list of what you want and a list of what you have to offer. I'm going to send you a list of what I want and a list of what I have to offer even better, you guys would be. I'm going to send you a link to what I have and what I want. You just sign up and fill out a link of what you have and what, and fill out a page of what you have and what you want. Put it on a link, and then um, I think I've got more of it to fit together. Evelyn, because what you can have is you can have people that decide they want to go public with what it, with that, and there are others who can make their posts private, and that's how you do that. So if it was on Word for you guys, I'm gonna unmute you now because if you have some input along these lines, that would be great. Here goes unmute there we go. Okay, you're unmuted. Now. Um in case you have any in-, in input directly what I'm saying. Um so you talk to someone that you know that you know that you're friendly with. And just say, look, here's what we have available. We're put, we're, it's a group of folks, GAP is a group of folks who want to bridge the gap between what they want and what they have. And so I'm going to send you a list of what I want, what I have. And first of all, if, there, if there's anything on there that you want that I have, hey, I'll trade with you for what you have. I'll, you know First of all, I'll trade with you. Second of all, If you don't have some of those things that I want and you know someone who might, I'd appreciate the referral um, so that I can do a deal with that person. And if there's someone that I know that has something that you want, I'll do the same for you. And we build a network of people that way. And if we can put that in like on a, a website, one of our WordPress websites, where people post that information and they can post one they could do that's for the public. I, I get this because I keep thinking about it. One post, because you can post on, for example, Tree. You can post up for public and you can post private. You can make your post private. Now, private means that it doesn't show up, it's there, but it doesn't show up unless people have the the um, the actual, the exact URL, I think. That's how that works. We better double check it. I, we almost we never use private posts anymore, so I don't really know. It may just be that they go there and it just says private. I don't know. I got to double check, but I know there's a way to do it where you could just give the private stuff the people that you know very closely are the people that you wanna that you would wanna have that stuff exposed to. You know, if you want if if you were looking to get a a facelift, you might not want to put that out for the public if you're someone who's concerned that people might think you're bane or something. Whereas you could put that on your private one for just those that are close enough to you that wouldn't you feel comfortable letting them know that it's something you want. So that could be a way to do it then we just have a we'd have to have a privacy policy that anyone that put a private post we just didn't we don't expose anybody's private posts only the ones that they have as public and I think it could grow that way we'd have a list of of things that people want things that people have that we could begin to trade what they have what they want and catalog it in categorize it and uh and all of that that would be something that that would be very very cool okay i'm i'm talking and that gives us another way of getting stuff that's not under government control it's person to person individual to individual rather than i got to use this currency going through a government system that wants to tax me every se- on every step that wants to charge me negative interest taxes we gotta deal with. Oh no, no problem. But now negative interest? I you want to charge me for actually earning something now? I you know, just I've paid my taxes and now the money I have left, you want to make it work less and less every day? No. I, I don't that doesn't work for me. Doesn't work for me. Taxes, okay, got it, got to pay them, don't want to, but got to anyway, that's one thing. Negative interest, no, 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 no. <laughs> All right, um, that's it, somebody else, anything you guys want to add to it, take away from it, share? Just...
0: Hello?
1: Yes. Okay. Now we, we we use this, so we kind of like use this on our own platform or something like a Facebook, like a Facebook page or something. The things we want or have or something. I think we use it on our own platform because then we have the ability of introducing click credits options or mm-hmm. real estate points. Real estate points. So because. The cool thing about this is we can facilitate uh, activity because if we're willing to use click credits, attractions, or real estate coins and buy some things that people don't realize have any value and give them a chance to participate. See Again, the person in your neighborhood across the street from you or down the street or whatever or a relative of yours who is at home all day, not doing anything, they haven't found a job, lost their job, don't think they can get a job, and they're doing nothing while they're collecting unemployment until that goes out. But that doesn't mean they have no value. They have time. So, okay, look, I'll trade you for some of your time. For two hours of time, um, I'll give you, whatever, $20 in dropship. or $20 worth of quick credit or $50 if they're very valuable, worth of click credit for two hours of your time. What can I use the click credits for? Well, click credits are good for click, any company that needs click. So now you can add to what you have that you have click credits. Traffic for their website. So that enables us to introduce our clicks uh, or our real estate coin or our trotions. It gets things going by actually buying something, not just throwing money into the system like the government does from thin air with no, you know, no, but we're, we're, we're buying something in exchange. Now they're obligated to perform two hours' worth of time doing something, you know, whatever they can do. Call on the phone, answer the phone, address letters, Put on stamps, help you move boxes, whatever.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Just put it out
1: there. Yeah. So here's the thing now. Now we've done our list and one of the sites, I'm not sure which one. I think I'm taking one of the maybe one of the coin sites. Maybe make it click credit. Global Click Credit. Or uh, well it's on GCP currency, so just click credit uh, currency, maybe, and people sign up people sign up there. It's all click credit. Um, we get gap credit. I don't know, but I gotta figure that out pretty quick. We need to figure it out. People can go and they can post. They can post what they have and what they want in a post. And uh, a blog post. And it can be private or it can be public. And so, in other words, I could just say to you, uh, hey, um, James, just go look at my post. It says blah, 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 blah. And do you want to sign up? Yeah, I do. Okay, great. How would we sign them up? How can we keep track of who referred who? See, without having some kind of referral software, I know how to do this. It's just going to take a little bit to think it through. I know how to do it, Everyone with a multi-site. See, James, if you go to... real estate coins. Is real estate coins set up as a multi-site, people Make sites on real estate coins. Okay, we have to check, but James, uh, one of the things that works is if someone has, if we set up a site as a multi-site, okay,
0: then if once you
1: Set up a site. So let's say the multi-site is Gap Fill the Gap. dot com. All right. So Fill the dot com.
0: That's a pretty good name for
1: for that. That yeah, actually is okay. so We'll see if we can grab that. So Fill the dot com. As a matter of fact, I'm going to check on it if you can grab it. If it's available on um, and
0: install Gap with two A's.
1: Yeah. Go to See if they have any deals on new domains. If not, we'll just fill make it the gap dot. Um, okay, so Google.com. We'll see the AAP. If fill the gap isn't available, we'll go with close the gap. He's checking right now on our on on our main GoDaddy, the seven five four GoDaddy account. Use that.
0: Anyway. What are you doing, sweetheart? Yeah. Doing Chrome. Oh, okay. All right. She's going to a certain... All right. Anyway, um,
1: so this part's still being recorded, which we'll keep it a bit more generic and we'll find out, uh, whomever, how this will work and come up with more concepts for you. So stay tuned. Check back. We're going to see if we can set this up as a site which has kind of a social media We're not looking primarily for the network marketing aspect per se, like a multi-level marketing like an Amway or a a Herbalife. It's not primarily that that we're looking for. It's primarily we're looking to to, uh, work with each other, to help each other get what we want for what we have without being limited to fiat currencies by the U.S. government or any other government or any other control, we can't get away from it 100% because we live in the United States of America and you live wherever you live. But if we can limit the amount of control and have another way of doing business and conducting uh, finance and conducting transactions, that's what we want to do. Let me make it clear for those from our government, I'm not condoning or suggesting tax evasion. I do understand that even when people utilize other uh, currencies or barter that there may be tax liabilities I understand that I get it and I'm not suggesting people not pay tax I'm just suggesting that they have an alternative way of improving their lifestyle and increasing their livelihood other than that which is Strictly government control. So, with that, I'm going to stop recording. Go.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?